Well, hello there, all of you in podcast land. It is day 135. It's May 16th today, and we are going to continue with 1 Samuel. This is Bible in a Year with Bill. 1 Samuel chapter 4 to chapter 6, and then we're going to finish off today's reading with Proverbs chapter 20, verses 16 to 30. So let's get right into it. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 4. Whatever Samuel said was broadcast all through Israel. Israel went to war against the Philistines. Israel set up camp at Ebenezer, the Philistines at Aphek. The Philistines marched out to meet Israel. The fighting spread and Israel was badly beaten. About 4,000 soldiers left dead on the field. When the troops returned to camp, Israel's elders said, Why has God given us such a beating today by the Philistines? Let's go to Shiloh and get the chest of God's covenant. It will accompany us and save us from the grip of our enemies. So the army sent orders to Shiloh. They brought the chest of the covenant of God, the God of of the angel armies, the cherubim enthroned God. Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, accompanied the chest of the covenant of God. When the chest of the covenant of God was brought into camp, everyone gave a huge cheer. The shouts were like thunderclaps shaking the very ground. The Philistines heard the shouting and wondered what on earth was going on. What's all this shouting among the Hebrews? Then they learned that the chest of God had entered the Hebrew camp. The Philistines panicked. Their gods have come to their camp. Nothing like this has ever happened before. We're done for. Who can save us from the clutches of these super-gods? These are the same gods who hit the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues out in the wilderness. On your feet, Philistines, courage! We're about to become slaves to the Hebrews, just as they have been slaves to us. Show what you're made of. Fight for your lives. And did they ever fight? It turned into a rout. They thrashed Israel so mercilessly that the Israelite soldiers ran for their lives, leaving behind an incredible 30,000 dead. As if that wasn't bad enough, the chest of God was taken, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were killed. Immediately, a Benjaminite raced from the front lines back to Shiloh. Shirt torn and face smeared with dirt, he entered the town. Eli was sitting on a stool beside the road, keeping vigil, for he was extremely worried about the chest of God. When the man ran straight into town to tell the bad news, everyone wept. They were appalled. Eli heard the loud wailing and asked, Why this uproar? The messenger messenger hurried over and reported. Eli was 98 years old then and blind. The man said to Eli, I've just come from the front, barely escaping with my life. And so, my son, said Eli, what happened? The messenger answered, Israel scattered before the Philistines. The defeat was catastrophic with enormous losses. Your sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died, and the chest of God was taken. At the words, chest of God, Eli fell backward off his stool where he sat next to the gate. Eli was an old man and very fat. When he fell, he broke his neck and died. He had led Israel forty years. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, was pregnant and ready to deliver. When she heard that the chest of God had been taken and that both her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she went to her knees to give birth, going into hard labor. As she was about to die, her midwife said, Don't be afraid, you've given birth to a son. But she gave no sign that she had heard. 
the chest of God gone, father-in-law dead, husband dead. She named the boy Ichabod, which means glory's gone, saying, Glory is exiled from Israel since the chest of God was taken. 1 Samuel chapter 5 Once the Philistines had seized the chest of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, brought it into the shrine of Dagon, and placed it alongside the idol of Dagon. Next morning, when the citizens of Ashdod got up, they were shocked to find Dagon toppled from his place, flat on his face before the chest of God. They picked him up and put him back where he belonged. First thing the next morning, they found him again, toppled and flat on his face before the chest of God. Dagon's head and arms were broken off, strewn across the entrance. Only his torso was in one piece. That's why, even today, the priests of Dagon and visitors to the Dagon shrine in Ashdod avoid stepping on the threshold. God was hard on the citizens of Ashdod. He devastated them by hitting them with tumors. This happened in both the town and the surrounding neighborhoods. He let loose rats among them. Jumping from ships there, rats rats swarmed all over the city, and everyone was deathly afraid. When the leaders of Ashdod saw what was going on, they decided, The chest of the God of Israel has got to go. We can't handle this, and neither can our God Dagon. They called together all the Philistine leaders and put it to them. How can we get rid of the chest of the God of Israel? The leaders agreed, move it to Gath. So they moved the chest of the God of Israel to Gath. But as soon as they moved it there, God came down hard on that city too. It was mass hysteria. He hit them with tumors. Tumors broke out on everyone in town, young and old. So they sent the chest of God onto Ekron. But as the chest was being brought into town, the people shouted in protest, You'll kill us all by bringing this chest of God, of the God of Israel. They called the Philistine leaders together and demanded, Get it out of here, this chest of the God of Israel. Send it back where it came from. We're threatened with mass death. For everyone was scared to death when the chest of God showed up. God was already coming down very hard on the place. Those who didn't die were hit with tumors. All over the city, cries of pain and lament filled the air. 1 Samuel chapter 6 After the chest of God had been among the... the, Excuse me, I'm going to start this again. 1 Samuel chapter 6 After the chest of God had been among the Philistine people for seven months, the Philistine leaders called together their religious professionals, the priests and experts on the supernatural, for consultation. How can we get rid of this chest of God, get it off our hands without making things worse? Tell us! They said, If you're going to send the chest of God, or the chest of the God of Israel, back, Don't just dump it on them. Pay compensation. Then you will be healed. After you're in the clear again, God will let up on you. Why wouldn't he? And what exactly would make for adequate compensation? Five gold tumors and five gold rats, they said, to match the number of Philistine leaders. Since all of you, leaders and people, suffered the same plague, make replicas of the tumors and rats that are devastating the country and present them as an offering to the glory of the God of Israel. Then maybe he'll ease up and not be so hard on you and your gods and on your country. Why be stubborn like the Egyptians and Pharaoh? God didn't quit pounding on them until they let the people go. Only then did he let up. So here's what you do. Take a brand new ox cart and two cows that have never been in harness. Hitch the cows to the ox cart and send their calves back to the barn. Put the chest of God on the cart. 
Secure the gold replicas of the tumors and rats that you are offering as compensation in a sack and set them next to the chest. Then send it off. But keep your eyes on it. If it, heed, if it heads straight back home to where it came from, toward Beth Shemesh, it is clear that this catastrophe is a divine judgment. But if not, we'll know that God had nothing to do with it. It was just an accident. So that's what they did. They hitched two cows to the cart, put their calves in the barn, and placed the chest of God and the sack of gold rats and tumors on the cart. The cows headed straight for home, down the road to Beth Shemesh, straying neither right nor left, mooing all the way. The Philistine leaders followed them to the outskirts of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley. They looked up and saw the chest. Jubilant, they ran to meet it. The cart came into the field of Joshua, a Beth Shemeshite, and stopped there beside a huge boulder. The harvesters tore the cart to pieces, then chopped up the wood and sacrificed the cows as a burnt offering to God. The Levites took charge of the chest of God and the sack containing the gold offerings, placing them on the boulder. Offering the sacrifices, everyone in Beth Shemesh worshipped God most heartily that day. When the five Philistine leaders saw what they came to see, they returned the same day to Ekron. The five gold replicas of the tumors were offered by the Philistines in compensation for the cities of Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The five gold rats matched the number of Philistine towns, both large and small, ruled by the five leaders. The big boulder on which they placed the chest of God is still there in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh, a landmark. God struck some of the men of Beth Shemesh who, out of curiosity, irreverently peeked into the chest of God. Seventy died. The whole town was in mourning, reeling under the hard blow from God and questioning, Who can stand before God, this holy God? And who can we get to take this chest off our hands? They sent emissaries to Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the chest of God. Come down and get it. Proverbs chapter 20, verses 16 to 30. Hold tight to collateral on any loan to a stranger. Beware of accepting what a transient has pawned. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but soon your mouth is full of gravel. Form your purpose by asking for counsel, then carry it out using all the help you can get. Gossips can't keep secrets, so never confide in blabbermouths. Anyone who curses father and mother extinguishes light and exists benighted. A bonanza at the beginning is no guarantee of blessing at the end. Don't ever say, I'll get you for that. Wait for God. He'll settle the score. God hates cheating in the marketplace. Rigged scales are an outrage. The very steps we take come from God. Otherwise, how would we know where we're going? An impulsive vow is a trap. Later you'll wish you could get out of it. After careful scrutiny, a wise leader makes a clean sweep of rebels and dolts. God is in charge of human life, watching and examining us inside and out. Love and truth form a good leader. Sound leadership is founded on loving integrity. Youth may be admired for vigor, but gray hair gives prestige to old age. A good thrashing purges evil. Punishment goes deep within us. 
When the Israelites improperly brought the Ark of the Covenant into battle with the Philistines, they were defeated and the Ark captured. Eli, who had grown lazy in his position, died when, we, when he heard that the battle had been lost and his sons killed. The Israelites thought God had abandoned them. At the same time, the Philistines endured plagues when they set the ark among their own idols. God's power and support for us is not based on a lucky charm or holy object like the ark, but on our constant faithfulness to Him. True worship of God is not confined to any particular place or building or holy artifact. It is not concerned with stained glass windows, proper clothes, candles, or the ark itself. Rather, in genuine worship we pass from earth to heaven by faith, and there, in the presence of God, we pour out our souls in thanksgiving, praise, and honor to the Lord for all He is and all He has done for us. The Israelites worshipped the ark rather than God Himself. Is there an ark in our lives? Does something get more attention than God? If so, let's turn our focus to the ever-present God whose power transcends any object. Heavenly Father, help us to remove any arcs in our lives, anything that pulls us away from our focus on you, Lord. You deserve all of our thanksgiving, praise, and honor. Help us to put aside those idols in our lives that distract us from you. Amen. At Bible in a Year with Bill, the focus is to draw listeners into relationship with the Lord. I'm doing this to help people get into the Word on a more regular basis. By doing these daily readings, it makes it so easy to listen to a short section of Scripture daily while commuting to work, riding the bus, walking the dog, whatever. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.